Blog Talk Radio. Well, <clears throat> good afternoon. This is John Wiles again of bestwingshooting.com. I am in the middle of moving from the house that we're in to another house, but I wanted to take some time out and do a show. Um, I've been thinking about the second show and what I would like to talk about. I chose um, Maryland's Eastern Shore, which, at age 21, I was introduced to by some friends. I had moved to Maryland for a job, loved hunting. Uh, We've already established that. And they invited me to go to the Eastern Shore goose hunting. And I did that uh, several times and had some lovely hunts. A farm in Centerville, Maryland, that I was invited to, um, offered... Uh, goose hunting on the water. A lot of pit hunting back then. You could rent fields, put in pits, and that's the traditional goose hunting method. This one had a mile and a quarter of waterfront. I went there and met the gentleman who owned the farm. His name was Calvin Richardson, but his friends called him Pop Pop. And Pop Pop Richardson became the grandfather that I never knew. He just sort of took me in, uh, for lack of a better word. He taught me all about goose hunting. Um, He would go goose hunting with me, um, taught me about calling geese. I have to tell you, too, that when I first met Pop-Pop, he was very badly crippled up with arthritis. He drove pretty much everywhere. He struggled to get in and out of the car, struggled to get in and out of his trailer, where he lived. His son and his son's wife and family lived in the house that he had built. He had put a little trailer on the farm, and he had basically retired and lived there. He loved the hunting. He had had incredible stories and experiences, and the people that he had taken hunting, very important people. He had wonderful stories about dogs and about what it was like in in the early 30s and 40s and 50s of hunting there on the eastern shore. So Pop-Pop was pretty aged when I met him. Um, he he was crippled up with arthritis. He could get down to the blind in the car. He would park and then get on a tractor that he had parked down there, and he would take the tractor out into the marsh and park the tractor and then hobble into the blind. He was what we call, or what we designate as a mouth caller. He called with his mouth, called geese with his mouth. He was excellent. He was excellent. And he taught me how to be a mouth caller, which is quite an art in and of itself. I loved gunning the eastern shore. We were on the Chester River, had a mile and a quarter waterfront. The shooting was out of this world. This was the heyday of goose hunting on the eastern shore. In the late 70s and early 80s, I was there 12 years uh, renting that farm. Uh, Pop-Pop passed away during that time. But his influence on me, not just in hunting, was incredible. And, of course, I have marvelous stories about goose hunting on the eastern shore of Maryland and uh, going out in the morning putting out 150 V-boards. If you don't know what V-boards are, they are silhouettes, the three of them on a board. You unfold them to make the three decoys. And 150 would put out 450 decoys. We did them in certain patterns. Um, 
jay hook. If you know anything about duck hunting or that kind of thing, you'll understand some of this. But pipe stems, jay hooks, um, the, the shore lent itself. It was a sand bottom, shallow, extended a long way out. When the tide was down, you could walk at least 100 yards or more out into the river uh, and never get it. the water would never get above your chest. It was a great place to goose hunt. Geese rested there on the river at night. This was before everybody built ponds and they started uh, staying a lot of other places. Uh, the shooting was, uh, it was just, there. there's nothing you can see on television that could be any better and most of the time could not rival the beautiful hunts that we had on the eastern shore of Maryland. One time I was walking down the beach, had taken a friend who had never been goose hunting. We had parked, we were walking down the road to the beach to go out to the blind, and as we walked down the road, you could actually see the water and you could see the blind, you know, probably several, a couple hundred yards from us, kind of a thing. And uh, my partner, uh, who I had then, um, was calling geese, and there was three geese that worked around and worked around and worked around and finally locked up and came in, and he killed one, and he sent his Chesapeake Bay Retriever out to pick it pick it up. And we had seen this whole thing take place in front of us, you know, at a distance. And I turned to my friend, I said, well, Cal, that's, that's goose hunting. And he turned to me and said, that was a religious experience. And for those of us who love the outdoors and who love duck hunting, goose hunting, all those guys. Goose hunting is just, it, it is a truly a sport of kings to be able to work the geese, call the geese. Those kinds of things are just marvelous. Um, Pop Pop himself had a big influence on my life. When I was 21, as I told you, I was talking about hunting and all these things that I wanted to do in my life. And Pop Pop turned to me and he said, Johnny, when I was a young man, I couldn't afford to do anything. He said, now I can afford to do whatever I want to, and I'm not able. And if you're ever going to do anything, you do it while you're young and able. I took that as good advice. Uh, it's something that stuck with me my whole life. And that piece of advice alone launched my desire to goose hunt in Prince Edward Island, Canada, to dove shoot and pigeon hunt in Virginia, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas, California, the Dakotas. <laughs> that kind of that thought that what happens when you get old? And you're not able to do the things that you've always wanted to do. And I took it to mean I should do them while I could do them. And that is the biggest blessing that I've had, one of the biggest blessings I've had in my life, is the opportunity to do the things that I had wanted to do so much. I don't tell people that to ask you to drop what you're doing and, you know, there's responsibilities. I understand those kinds of things. But as far as I know, life is not a dress rehearsal for for something else. We live our lives. If you're saved and you believe that there is a heaven, which I do, then 
whatever's going to happen after we pass away is better than what we experience now. So I'd like to experience, I wanted to experience some good things now and was able to do so. Do you do it on a whim? No, you you have to save money. You have to earn money. You have to, what is your priority? If your priorities are to, like mine, were to go hunting in other places to see the world carry a shotgun, see how other people hunted, enjoy things, you will find a way to go. You will find a way to do it. You may not be able to go every year. You may have to put aside money for a whole year to be able to go on a trip. But if you want to go, it certainly is available. The world has gotten much smaller uh, because of the Internet and the opportunities. Remember, when I was started this, uh, in the 70s, most of the information that we got was from magazine and I magazines, and I got the outdoor magazines, and I would dog ear the pages of places that I wanted to call, and they would send me information, and I would read through it, and talk to their, uh, to their, uh, to the people that recommended them, and find out what it was like before I went on those hunts. Today, we type something in on the internet, and immediately we get a list of. of opportunities and places to go, people to talk to, all kinds of things. So it's made the world much smaller, much easier to do the kinds of things that were difficult 30, 40 years ago. The time on the eastern shore was some of the most beautiful time that I ever spent. And I have told my wife that when I do pass away, I would like to be cremated, my ashes sprinkled along the shore where I had such marvelous times. Will she do it? I don't know. And the truth is, I don't. I won't care. That's <laughs> something else you can't really govern from the grave. I just want people to understand that a gentleman like Pop Pop, who loved the outdoors and became so crippled up he really couldn't do much, influenced me to do the things that I love to do and still love to do. Pop Pop in his final year of hunting, bought a 28-gauge Remington 1100. I reloaded special shells for him with, back then you could shoot lead, with number five shot in them and sometimes number fours, and he would actually go goose hunting. He was so crippled up with arthritis, he really had difficulty. He had to be really set up to be able to shoot. He's a man who never shot at anything, if he didn't believe that he was going to kill it. So if the geese came in and he wasn't ready, he simply didn't shoot. He let you shoot. And when it got to the point that he couldn't function, he couldn't get around, then he stopped going. And it really took something out of the whole hunting experience for me. But he could sit in a blind and he would call and he would listen to what the geese said and then he would answer them. And he taught me to be a mouth caller by telling me you go down to the shore at night or really early in the morning when the geese are laid in on the shore and you listen to them. And they will call, they will talk to one another, you mimic what they say. And when you start mimicking what they say, you will understand what they're saying and you'll be able to do it then and call geese. I did and it worked. Today, 
weekend goose hunt in Prince Edward Island, Canada was one of the places that I went that I thought was spectacular. It was just spectacular. But all across Canada, goose hunting and duck hunting is, is a big business now. Many places in the United States, goose hunting is a big business. The geese used to go further south, then they started stopping on the eastern shore. Now they stop even further north in uh, New Jersey, New York. Why? Because the food is there, the water is kept open, they've learned to adapt to ponds, only fly as far as they need to to feed. It's a beautiful sport. It's an absolutely beautiful sport. If you've never done it, you need to do it. If you have done it and you know what I'm talking about, you need to take a friend, someone who's never been. That in and of itself will give them a an incredible experience in the outdoors. I have said and will continue to say that um, hunting has meant so much to me, wing shooting, not just hunting, just wing shooting, being able to follow bird dogs. I had three bird dogs that spanned 40 years. Uh, Bird hunting, dove shooting, which took me all over the United States and now all over the world and open up so many doors for me. But that love of waterfowling started started on the eastern shore of Maryland, and it's still a wonderful place to visit, a wonderful place to hunt, and a wonderful place to find great restaurants and really super people. It's also a beautiful part of the country. If you have an opportunity, please... Go to the eastern shore, spend some time, and go goose hunting. You won't be disappointed.